The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, we're going into the world of gaming today. I'm joined by the CEO of the Canadian-listed Royal Wins, Peter Gann. The CSE code for the company is SKLL. Now, Royal Wins is essentially a digital game studio, and now it allows wagering on mobile casual games, but players can play and win prizes based on their skill instead of just uh, chance and odds, which is the usual way. Now, COVID, of course, has increased the size of the gaming community globally. And if you look at the Australian numbers separately, there was 100% growth in mobile game downloads from January to, to May 2020. That's alone. Those are just in those few months alone. And they've continued to grow over the course of the last 12 months or so. So, Peter, welcome. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Oriel. Thank you so much for having me back. It was great chatting with you before. So, um, thank you again. Oh, it's a it's an absolute pleasure, and we're very excited to have you back with us. Now, you're obviously working hard in an office there, Peter. Oh, yes, it is. We're, we're a hive of activity over here because, um, as you know, uh, um, Sydney's come out of lockdown, so everyone's keen to come back into the office, see the see familiar faces, and you know, be pains in pains in the sides of everyone else. <laughs> Yes, I don't think I don't think you're alone. I think probably everybody in Sydney, both and Melbourne, are feeling a bit of that pain at the moment. Um, now, Peter, you're obviously the CEO of Royal Winds, but you've had yes. a particularly interesting career. It's been a bit of a winding journey to get you where you are today. You've gone from energy to green energy to private equity and energy, and now you're in gaming. Talk us through your journey. Oh, Oriel. You read all these stories about, you know, people who have their heart set on something and then do the hard, do the hard yards and then eventually come out on top. My story is really just a journeyman, like 90% of the population who are just, you know, doing their job, paying the bills. And eventually you get that, get to where you would like to be. And I'm lucky enough to have been able to do so. So it's really a story for all the salarymen, journeymen out there like myself, hardly two, three years ago. I, I, I started off as, a, as an engineer and then did my MBA and then cut my IT teeth with um, IBM and Accenture. So it's always been in the blood. But, you know, as you go on with time, you find that you, you do have a, a affinity for for doing certain things within the corporate world and you get comfortable in there and you know there are bills to pay and mortgages to satisfy so you know you you go along the way but i've known i've known the two founders rob and luke uh, two founders of rollins for many years now and uh, them like many of the founders for startups there's a deep passion for for anything digital and gaming but nine out of 10 of these companies never make it past the garage. You hear the odd story about, you know, Apple and Google and uh, Microsoft working out of the garage and then becoming 
becoming behemoths in the in the technology world. But it's it's not the case for ninety nine percent of the other the other companies which you know struggle to struggle to get there. And I was fortunate enough that my background um, was exactly what the company needed to take it from where they were an aspiring and brilliant little company to one that's listed and now has global plans. So they're pretty excited and. I'm really lucky to be to be in the space at the right time in, in you know right time right right space. Yeah, I, extremely lucky. I mean, there's always a factor of <clears throat> hard work. Certainly, throwing a little bit of chance and, and away you go. But you're not stopping now. I mean, you're obviously the CEO of this amazing company as you've just been talking about. But you're studying right now as well. How on earth do you find the time? Oh my God! Please don't embarrass <laughs> me, Oriol. <laughs> <laughs> Over my career, I've had to deal with uh, um, lawyers and the legal fraternity left, right, and center, and it's always been an interest of mine. So I found this course run by the Legal Profession Admissions Board, which um, runs a, a law degree for for working folk like myself, and you know it allows you to become qualified as a solicitor for the uh, legal law society in Australia, and allows you to practice. And you know it keeps me busy, keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> because you need a little bit more on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you in your spare time, because with studying law and running a company, you still have spare time. You might well be a swimming instructor as well. Oh, that that that's actually a passion of mine. It's always um, I swim. I swim regularly, and I swim a lot. But um, teaching teaching um, um, kids how to swim is has been a lifelong passion, and um, I don't get as much time to do that uh, as I wish I would. But um, I, I was I was an swimming instructor with the Asthma Foundation for quite a number of years, and. Um, you know, it was one of the greatest, uh, you, you get a lot of satisfaction seeing kids which have difficulty breathing on the first lesson to by the 10th lesson, they're swimming and playing daily in the pool. And, you know, it, there is a lot of satisfaction that you can get out of just seeing something like that happen. So, you know, a, a lifelong passion, which unfortunately, time constraints just don't allow me to indulge it that much. Mm. Now, now, when you talk about Royal Wins itself, Peter, with your very varied career and what, and what you're doing now um, with the law degree and so forth, are you a gamer yourself or how did you, what was the attraction of the gaming industry when this role was floated to you? It's actually this particular sector of the gaming industry, Oriel. Um, I'll be the first to put up my hand that I'm no spring chicken, and you'd probably you'd probably have worked that out by now. So neither am know. I, Peter. Neither. Am I. <laughs> we're a good we're a good vintage, all right. That's vintage. right. Um, so I cannot say that I'm a hardcore hardcore eight hours at the PC, you know, first person shooter games. I'm just not built that way anymore. And not many people in our generation are. But what we do is that we do like we do like playing on our phone, you know, uh, um, short games, uh, quick games, games that are easy to learn, not, you know, read, have, having to read War and Peace before you know how to do the first move in a game. So our games, which are principally based on the philosophy of easy to learn, hard to master. 
And, you know, that is what appealed to me about Royal Winds. They focused on the sector which I'm familiar with. It had a, a, a gap in the skills which I could bring to the table. And it doesn't, it doesn't require somebody to go look. Uh, you have to be a hardcore, deep-seated, dyed-in-wool gamer to, to, have, to play the games that we play. One of the things that we're, we're introducing, one of the nomenclature that we're introducing to, to our company is that we are a play-to-earn type company. We're not a gaming or betting company. It's play to earn. You play and you get to earn some money because it's based on your skill. And that's what we like about it. And that's what appealed to me. It's a skill-based, hyper-casual, easy to learn, hard to master, play anytime. You don't expect to stay in there for hours on end. And you can come back to it quite easily, you know, in a nutshell. And this is what sort of sets you apart, isn't it, from sort of other gaming companies um, when you're talking about based on skill because I can come in as, as a novice and I can still win games if I'm good enough because I play against people of a similar level. Oh, that, that's, that's an excellent point, Oriel, because that is at the heart of what makes us special. It appeals to people like me, people like uh, us, Surely because you, like anybody else, you'd hate to think that every time you go and play a game, you never get past level one or level two, because there's a whole bunch of people that are better than you. But what our algorithms and our, our artificial intelligence does is that it places players like us within a, a cohort, which are by and large of the similar level. Um, I don't know whether I mentioned this uh, uh, before in our, in our last uh, conversation, most games are set like a um, like a high jump competition. If you cannot jump as high as the last person that jumped, then you're out. And you know, woe be your fate if the person that jumped before you is six foot two and has just jumped, you know, eight feet, and you're four foot six and you're struggling to think, how am I? How the hell am I going to do that? So it places you within the cohort of all the four foot to five foot people and say, okay. You know, you're, you're, you're competing on a level playing field now and you have a, an equal chance of every, as, as everyone else to win. Admittedly, at the end of the day, the, 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 highest, the highest skilled people get a chance to win larger uh, uh, prizes, but that doesn't uh, exclude people like, you know, ourselves from playing and having the chance to win. Mm. Now, Peter, when, when we talk about gaming, um, even though we have talked about the differences with your with your company than the traditional gaming company, there are always risks out there. I mean, I'm talking about things like a, the risk of addiction or cyberbullying or privacy problems. What what sort of structures do you have in place to help your your players avoid those kind of issues? Um, that's a very good point as well. We have a a fair gaming and conscious gaming policy, which we make sure that people don't get addiction, they are addicted to it. We do monitor how long people stay in our games. Um, by virtue of the nature of our games, though, uh, um, uh, extended hours or anyone that's you know playing for longer than an hour, uh, hour very rarely occurs. It's just the nature of our game. So addiction from that perspective is not a, not a huge issue for us. But because we uh, offer 
cash prizes and real real money. Uh, uh, the key hurdles or the key checks and balances have, that we have in place are really related to ensuring that you know there's no money laundering that happens, that um, that people are on the up and up, that we know where the funds have come from, that we know where the funds are going to. So those checks and balances from a transactional perspective are, are at top of mind, more so than addiction, purely because of the nature of our games. Now, Peter, you, you've got a gaming licence out of Canada. Um, you're listed in Canada, but you're expanding in different regions. In fact, just in the in the last couple of days, um, you've announced your move into the US. So to, talk to us through your expansion plans at the moment. Oh, uh, um, our uh, our geographical expansion, Oriole, is uh, simply one of three legs of our expansion plan. So the three legs that we have, expanding the game portfolio, so more games, more different games, expanding the uh, um, utility of our algorithms, so our key black box algorithms focuses on skills balancing, being able to assess and work out your place within a, a cohort of similarly skilled. And, and that application doesn't just stay with games. It, it, it applies to a variety of other sectors as well. And being able to offer the platform as a platform as a service, pass, pass uh, um, is a sector that's growing. Uh, that's that's another that's another limb of expansion that we're we're after. And besides the diversification of the games, the expansion of the utility of our platform, and then there's the geographical expansion. So now that we've got everything down pat in terms of the technology, the user interface, the the the, the transactional flow process, we're we're going big on on our expansion plans. US is an extremely important market. It is the single biggest gaming market uh, um, by way of revenue for uh, games of skill, and uh, it was the main pre. It was the main one of the main reasons why we acquired Antics, the uh, game studio and game company in Nevada, which allows us a port of call in the US to start our expansion plans on, and. You already know that we're in Australia, so we're, you know, back home and loving it. And then um, Canada and the rest of the world. So we're, we're pretty much focused on a global footprint with a very strong eye, a very keen eye on the U.S. market. It's it's difficult, though, isn't it, um, in in the in America? Because, you know, obviously different states, different regulations. So you don't only have to comply with regulations on a global level, so different country by country, but in places by the states, you're like the states, you're also looking at state by state regulations. I mean, how difficult is that to do business there? Oh, that, that's an excellent question, because what we find is that with skill gaming, whilst there is no um, black and white uh, licensing requirement for for skill gaming, there is a self-policing uh, um, uh, approach that you have to abide by, and there is the industry body, uh, the Skills Integrity Council, in, in uh, based in the U.S. as well, that we are a founding member of. And what we do is that 
have a set of guidelines, parameters, and and good practice which you know people uh, self-regulate and ensure that if they want to operate in places like the U.S. state by state using pure skill games, then you have to abide by those guidelines. You know, and the guidelines include making sure that they are clean and clear audits of your technology to make sure that you are skill gaming and not chance gaming or, or random random number generated uh, outcomes. The outcome is not predetermined by chance, but only by your skill. And those are some of the guidelines which you know you have to abide by to call yourself a skill gaming company and be able to operate in the US as we are doing. It, it seems like you, you mentioned technology just then, um, Peter, and it does seem like when you look at the future of gaming, it's all about augmented um, or virtual reality, um, which, of course, you're already using within your games. What is the most exciting thing that you've seen that we can expect to see in this space over the next 12 months? You know what? Um, there are so many things that are floating around purely because of, of the speed of technology. And virtual reality and virtual gaming is a is an upcoming sector as well. But what we try and focus on is uh, as much as the graphics are important and the visuals are important to, to a player, what retains your subscriber or what retains your your uh, player is the user experience because the visuals uh, um, including virtual reality have a short half life of when people have seen it once seen it twice okay let's move on but the user experience in terms of being able to play being able to win being able to learn something very easily and then have a, a difficulty that sort of marries up with your competence and your skill as you move on, that goes part and parcel into the, the user experience and it forms the foundation for a longer relationship as opposed to one that is purely based on visuals. It's, it's, it's akin to human relationships, you know, a, a, a visually attractive partner is important but only for so long before you need substance below that to keep the relationship going and that's what we're about at royal wings just having substance beyond the visuals to keep the relationship going so when you look ahead then peter for royal wins over the next 12 months what's going to be the most exciting part of your journey when you look ahead i would say the full utilization of our technology oriel because geographical expansion is part and parcel of what a global company does and that's what we do diversification of our games into board games card games etc that's part and parcel of what a company does we're a gaming company that's what we need to do it's the utilization of our technology beyond the gaming sector as we move on and out you know there are spaces that we would we are looking at and would have plans to enter whether it is blockchain uh, uh, games and nfts whether it's offering a platform as a service whether it's you know diversification of other sectors which which uh, um, have a need for skills balancing on a global basis 
that's 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 what really excites me, taking it beyond what we're we're used to. So, Peter, when I introduced Royal Winds, I said Royal Winds is essentially a digital game studio. But from what you've just said, it sounds like you're going to be morphing almost into more of a straight-out tech company. Oh, yes, yes, there is no doubt. There is no doubt that in the fullness of time, we will be a tech company with a gaming subsidiary, a tech company with a... uh, uh, software as service company, a tech company with, you know, interest in other sectors which use our core technology. Interesting. That is going to be one interesting journey to watch and I very much look forward to it. Um, Peter, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for uh, uh, sharing your thoughts and, of course, all of your experiences with us. No, thank you, Ariel. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And I look forward to talking to you again very soon and seeing what the next steps are that uh, you and Royal Winds are going to be taking. Thank you so much, Ariel. And of course, a big thank you also to our supporters, our listeners. You are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Ariel Morrison. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.